0: We're talking about, what we're we're talking about, we're on a sort of theme of of putting on the armor of God, which is in the end of Ephesians, and a lot of times people say, every time I get up in the morning, I put on the armor of God, and they say, well, why are you such an idiot to take it off? Because some of the most terrifying times are the middle of the night. And so I've been trying to present the armor of God, not as these things that you put on, but it's more a whole journey of faith, and that's what we, so we're going to just, I'm repeating myself every week, and that's only because you don't get it, not because I'm stupid i 'm joking with you all right i <laughs> it, it's just so it's just so important because the thing that we want to get beyond is surviving, and the thing w- that we want to get beyond is is the insecurity of am I accepted you know somebody said and i 'll keep it that broad about the funeral yesterday that somebody was looking up at the cross and they were terrified of the cross because of the chains and when you don't know God, you need to find out about that cross because it's actually meant to be good news, but when God is all a aff- a mystery to you and, and you're afraid of him, then that isn't good news. It's just scary. But we're not called to be scared. We're called to be children. Here's w- w- I played you a, a, a little bit of a um, video about Roman soldiers because what, what we're, we're springboarding off is, is Paul in, in prison in Janes next to a Roman soldier. And he's using that Roman soldier as a sort of metaphor for faith. And so just to make it a little bit more alive and real...
1: The region he has been sent to, which we now call the Netherlands, looks completely different from the place where he was born and raised. The basic dress of this legionary is the same as that of almost every Roman, a tunic and sandals. A tunic is a long woolen shirt girded around the middle with a leather belt or strap. For underwear, he may use a loincloth and a linen tunic. His military sandals called <coughs> calagai have been cut from a single piece of leather. The thick sole has hobnails. This prevents the sandals from wearing down and it gives him a firm grip on slippery soil. In addition, he wears a scarf to protect his neck and shoulders from the sharp edges of his armour. During the cold winter months, Placidus may wear several long-sleeved tunics, trousers and woolen socks. A warm woolen cloak will protect him against the wind and rain. Being a legionary soldier, Placidus is, of course, well armed. But his body is also very well protected by a helmet, armor, and a shield. His body armor, or lorica, is made of iron plates riveted to heavy leather straps on the inside of the harness, so they won't break easily during a fight. A lorica consists of four parts. The two shoulder pieces and two body pieces can be taken apart for easy maintenance and transportation. When the armour is assembled, Placidus can put it on like a jacket. The lorica is fastened with leather straps that run through the hooks at the front and back. It weighs almost 10 kilos, but because the different parts move along with the body movement and the weight is spread evenly over the upper body, he can wear it in relative comfort all day long. This type of segmented armour offers very good protection against both slashing and stabbing weapons. The military belt, which is called a kingulum, ensures the weapons remain firmly in place. The belt is made of leather and has metal plates both for decoration and reinforcement. At the front is an apron of leather straps, decorated with metal discs and pendants. On his head, Placidus wears a helmet of Galia. It is made of iron or sometimes of a brass alloy. The helmet is designed to offer maximum protection to the soldier's head, a neck plate, ear guards, cheek pieces, and a brow band all help to defer or cushion the blow of an enemy weapon. The helmet is tightened with a leather strap under the chin. The shield or scutum measures about one meter high and weighs six kilograms. It is constructed of three different wooden layers glued together. The shield is covered in linen or leather and painted in bright colors. The edges are protected by metal strips making the shield more solid. The scutum is lifted with the left hand.
0: It's a substantial shield and it's substantial armor. And uh, what we're trying to learn as, as Christians in Canada is how to stand up and how to speak up and how to live out in a way that is distinct from our culture. In Ephesians, Paul says this. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Paul is saying very clearly that in this life there are two realms. There's the realm of the physical and the natural that we see and that we know. And there's the realm of the supernatural that energizes the natural. Nobody is able to stand aside and say, I'm neutral about that. It's it's like gravity. It's there whether you like it or not. And you are being energized by that spirit realm whether you like it or not. You can say, well, I choose to believe that it's not there, and you can, fine, jump off the building and choose to believe gravity doesn't exist, see how it works for you. You see, in the spirit realm, there are principles just the same as in the physical realm. The fact that we deny it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, it just means we won't get to experience it, maybe. And one of the things human beings, because of the brokenness of the world, suffer from, it's the slavery in Egypt mentality, which is, I am a victim of my circumstances, and I'm a victim of my limitations or my background. I'm a victim of whatever, and I have no way of getting free of that, so I have to live as a survivor. And then you read about, oh, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, and you go, that sounds cool, maybe when I'm in heaven. And Paul is saying, no, it's not about when you're in heaven, because I, Paul, am a more than a conqueror. You say, well, Paul, you don't look like more than a conqueror, you're in jail. And he says, I'm in jail because of my witness to Jesus. So that's a huge compliment. I stood for Jesus in such a way that somebody actually reacted and they saw me as dangerous. And I'm thrilled that I'm locked up. I don't like it. But as I've said many times, I have soldiers chained to me who I'm going to talk to about Jesus. And there's something about the freedom in a human being. Oh, the freedom of the children of God. There's something about freedom. Nelson Mandela is the one who probably symbolizes that in our age more than anybody else. How can you be in prison? for 27 years and come out relatively free it is a very very powerful and attractive attribute and it's far too rare so what is it like to be able to stand up and say i have cancer but i'm not afraid what is it like to say i remember joanie erickson years ago in england in london i went to see her and she sat in this wheelchair she was quadriplegic she still is and she says, "I would rather be in this wheelchair, know Jesus, than be healed and not know Him." And I wouldn't have believed it unless I'd heard her say it. There is something remarkable about free people who can say, "You can kill me, because I'm not afraid of dying." For me to live is Christ to, to die. Well, I'll do it. I mean, to live for you, fine. We live in a world that is obsessed by fear and insecurity, and trying to get control of life so I can have joy. And God's word is, "Why don't you just have joy?" because all the circumstances around me, they make me miserable. No, they are things that Satan uses, that the spiritual battle uses to keep you miserable. What if you could be joyful in the midst of them? You're naive. No, maybe I'm faith-filled. This thing is not meant to be whistling in the dark. It's actually meant to be powerful. We are meant to live with a peace beyond understanding. Everything in your life is energized by something. That's why it gets a hold of you and me. You think you just get angry? You, You know, if you just controlled all your emotions, you think it's all just about you controlling your emotions? It goes much bigger than that. And we're not getting to the place where you're a poor victim and you have got nothing to do with it, all right? It's got to do with understanding the battle. And you can be taken out with all kinds of ways. In in Canada, you're taken out with toys, you're taken out with money, you're taken out with time. You're taken out of the battle in the most polite ways, which is like throwing a dog a bone. If I want to break into your house, I take a big, juicy dog, dog bone for your dog to eat, and then I walk into your house. That's how Satan works. He says, you're not even a threat to me because all I have to do is trip you up and you'll, you'll, you'll be crying. I mean, do you know what a soldier is? A soldier who is actually uniformed and ready to do battle is a fearsome thing. But have you ever seen a soldier going into battle saying, I'm doing it, I'm on my own? No, a soldier is always linked arms with others. That's why you have battalions. That's why you have centurions. The other thing that takes us out in our culture is our independence. We don't agree with this. We don't agree with that. you think that's all energized by your great wisdom? Of course it's not. It's energized by an arrogance and a pride that says, I don't have need of anybody else. So you go, oh, so I can be independent. God's made me independent. He set me free. He said, no, God didn't set you free to be independent. He set you free to be interdependent. Because t- as community, you not only support the Wayne and Tishas or Laura going down to, to Bethel, you support uh, Norma when she's grieving her loss. Of it. You, you, there's so much more that we can do supporting each other in a very selfish, self-centered, proud culture. And we don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. So we're contend against. We're not contending against flesh and blood. We're contending against spiritual principalities and powers. And he goes, well, that sounds weird. Maybe. That's why we need the humility order to dig a little bit and learn from it. So these Roman soldiers were there and Paul was demonstrating. And this whole gospel, this whole thing was forged in suffering. It wasn't in the Mediterranean in hotels. It was blood, guts, and suffering. And these guys rose up from those ashes and they said, but God. They got killed because they actually stood for something. Read it in Hebrews, which we read today. Oh, I'm getting stirred up myself. Um, he, he's, the writer of Hebrews is, is writing to these. He says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light. In other words, after you had become Christian. And this is what they got for becoming Christian. When you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. How about that? Everybody who follows Jesus in Canada, your property is going to get confiscated. Well, we've already had that with the Anglican Church. But I mean, you know, how many would stay in the church? How many would be actually followers of Jesus? Or how many would say, well, that's too high a cost? Just asking myself. So do not throw away your confidence or be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Now the key in all of this is the armor. And I don't know about you, but looking at you, you don't do this. You don't just get up and put on one item of clothing and then waltz out the house. It would be interesting, right? You don't just put on one item of armor and say, I'm going out to fight. And you don't put on one... You don't say, in 1974, I put on a shirt and I've never put on another one. You don't treat clothing like it's one-off. It's, it's like you, you put it on, three, some of you three times a day, four times a day, some of you once a day, some of you once a week. I don't know. And, and then you launder it and you put it back on. The difference between the arm and the clothing is the arm is meant to, not meant to be a fashion statement. It's meant to be something that actually helps us live and take, uh, take root. So there's an element of this, this armor that we've described. And this is where I say, I repeat myself. Um, what are the battle of this age? What do you think the battle is of this age? What do you think you experience? It's all the things that try and take away your life. What does that look like? What are the arrows? What are the, the things? They are circumstances. They can be relationships for sure. But a lot of them are things like uh, they, the things that uh, cause you to be negative, to be afraid, to be depressed, to be hopeless, to be despondent. There are a lot of things that hang around our lives. Every single one of them carries some of them. Those get energized and they're lies that get energized and they pull us down. You go, I don't feel like it. How many of you live by your feelings? I don't feel like it. Do you think that's all God? If we don't learn, I mean, you go to the army. How many of you have been to the army? A few of us have been to the army. They don't actually say to me, "Um, would you like to get up this morning, John? Four o'clock, they kick you out of bed. Would you like to stop for a rest now? Keep going for another ten miles. Feelings are not the thing the army runs on. It's obedience and discipline. So Paul is merely saying, if you want to be someone like me, if you want to follow me, I'm giving you the secret. Equip yourself. Equip yourself so that you can actually be more than conquerors. Equip yourself so that you don't have to just be the survivor. You know what a lot of Christians are like? They pick up the shield of faith. They have no clue how big it is or what it looks like, really. They just say, I believe. I sang the worship song three times. I believe. And somebody goes, boo, and they drop the shield and run away. I'm not ready yet. In war, whether you're ready or not, doesn't matter. And it's really crazy when you're holding the shield, but you don't know who you are behind the shield. So the shield just becomes something you wave around, but you're taken out anyway. You see, because if you have faith in faith, you've lost the war. How much faith is big enough? I believe in God. What do you believe about God? I don't know. I don't like to talk about it. Well, I've already killed you. When the Roman soldier turns on the scene, he represents something far bigger than himself. When you step on the scene as a Christian who know who you are, You represent in the spirit realm far more than you understand. And when you start growing in confidence in that, the spirit realm starts backing off. And what used to kill you might be a flesh wound. Where you learn how to stand and what used to take you out, you just go, "Uh, that was a mistake. Or or you you fall or you sin. You learn how to pick yourself up and say, that's a flesh wound. It's not mortal. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I take responsibility, but I'm I'm not falling back. You grow up. And that's why you need the whole armor. And so we started with the belt of truth. The belt of truth is all about Jesus. You will go to die for somebody that you know. So when I say everything's about obedience and discipline, you go, yeah. But if I take your child or your husband or your wife or somebody you love and say fight for them, suddenly something rises up in you and you do that. Because you've got a relationship. And God is calling us to relate. He said, put on the the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? It's the love of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the passion of Jesus for you. That he went to that cross for you. That he died on that cross for you. He rose from the dead for you. He rose to say everything negative about you that you've said is who you are. He has said that is a lie. You have been totally imprisoned and lied to by all kinds of other people. And I'm sick of hearing it from you. You are my much-loved son and daughter. Now get a life. And I'm your life. So put on the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? I am loved by God. And you've got to start. We, I have to. Many times I've told you, I don't particularly feel like coming here and talking. And sometimes life is tough. At the beginning of this week, it felt like everything was, it was just hard. But I asked a couple of people to pray and then I said, this is all lies and nonsense. I've learned how to fight. So it lasted until Monday afternoon after I played golf, I think. But, you know, there's battles to be fought, but there's a point of you know this is a battle, so you just go, I'm not going to sit here with this thing. And you learn how to pull yourself up and say, well, I've got to go and speak, and I've got to lead worship, and I don't feel like leading it. Well, you get through just the first song in the practice, and actually something's broken, because you're standing up and declaring. And I know who I am. And so I say, don't mess with me, because I have spent 40 years in battle. I've been in prison camp. I've known what it's like to be taken completely out. And you're not taken out by somebody coming up and punching you in the face. You're taken out by seduction. Why don't you just do this? You're not taken out head on most of the time. You're taken out by justifying your behaviors, giving up on some things, not hanging around people, being independent. It's the same in the wild. The ones that move to the fringes get taken out the first. And then you live in that place of victim. And really it's disobedience and pride and rebellion. You put on the armor, the truth is Jesus loves you, has you. And then he says, put on that righteous butt, the, the, the breastplate, righteousness. He says, I love you, I have set you free. I am for you, not against you. Now stand up in the confidence of that identity. So when you get something attacking you that says you're nothing, look at your past. You go, I know my past is, is, is pretty shady, but God's forgiven me, so I'm not actually a prisoner of that anymore, so go take a hike. Your words mean nothing. You learn to stand up to your history, and you learn to start saying, I'm going to get God to use my history... To help you have hope for your history, because you've got a similar one to mine, and you can see that I'm not prisoned by that anymore, so there's hope for you. So go suck eggs. So Paul says, and he does this many times, he says, you know, I used to kill people, I used to kill Christians, now I am, and he demonstrates something else. Why? Because he's full of honesty. In my weakness I am strong. There's nothing great in me, but God who is in me is magnificent. So you put on that breastplate of righteousness that talks about your identity and stop saying, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know how, what I believe. You will not survive. And some of you know that. So it's time to pay attention. Put on the blessed breastplate of righteousness. What's the next thing? Helmet of salvation. I, I, I took it in the wrong order, actually. I shouldn't have done that. See, last week I talked about the helmet of salvation but it comes after the shield of faith. The, the, the boots. That made for Walking. Those boots, standing in peace. How many of us stand in peace? I'm so worried. Why would you be so worried? Get used to not being in control. Trust the God of peace. He has you in his hand. How much is worry helping you? You remember Jesus said, the birds of the air, all that stuff. The lilies of the field. Bloom where you planted. Don't worry so much. What are you worrying about? Well, it might not. Receive peace. Learn how to walk in peace. Learn how to walk in peace. One of the reasons we're an informal church is I think it's just really stressful trying to be formal. It's really stressful putting on performances. So it's better to create a place where you can be more relaxed and you can make mistakes and you can actually just cut the slack to each other. But walk in peace. What is peace? Peace is knowing that God is in charge. Peace is knowing that I have a community that will support me and care for me. Peace is having a hope for the future. Peace is knowing that I can be forgiven for everything. Peace is not living under condemnation. Those boots of peace are strong because, you see, if you don't have peace, all Satan has to do is give you a few circumstances that will put some nails in your, sh- your feet and you go, oh, 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 and you don't go anywhere. Why? Because it hurts. We'll put on some peace, kicks on some doors. Soldiers train. We have to train. Start being intentional about what you're doing. Stop whistling in the dark or singing worship songs in the dark. Imagine going out to battle naked singing worship songs. How pitiful is that? It'd look funny, but it wouldn't be effective because God says, Why don't you give you the resources? Why don't you wear and take hold of the resources I give you? If you go out like that, I can't help you. Makes sense? This all goes together. And so when you've got that belt of truth and you've got the breastplate of righteousness, identity, when you've got the the boots of uh, peace, what does He say then? He says, Pick up that shield. That's the shield of faith. And what is faith? Believing for what I don't yet see. Whistling in the dark is hoping for what I don't even know. Whistling in the dark is about just get me out of here. Lots of people live their lives like that. The shield of faith is God is faithful. I know because I I trust Jesus and he's my belt of truth. God is faithful because I know his eyes are on me. He loves me. I mean, he is jealous for me. So my faith is rooted in my faith relationship with jesus my trust in in him for what he has done in my heart and my life what he's doing and i have this peace in the midst of all this strife and i'm boarding off these lies and the, what are the lies the lies are usually identity the lies are there will be no hope you know how stupid you are with that thing out there saying god is faithful all of those kind of lies you just learn and on that shield if you saw there's a big bulge in the front And if you listen to the guy, he says that's for actually slamming your enemy. It's not about going like this. It's like moving forward. I'm moving forward. Now, what's the problem? You move forward on your own. They come around behind you and they kill you. That's why the Roman soldiers, and we always talk about community. Some of us take it seriously. Some of us don't take it seriously. You're taken out many times because you're on your own. You're so proud and you're so independent. You think it doesn't account to you. It does. Look at you. I'm not, you know what I'm saying. The shield is most effective when you're locked next to other soldiers. They used to make tortoises and they used to sort of cover themselves all around. That's what this is about, the armor of God. The armor is about how do we effectively live life together in the face of a world that is very destructive. And we don't just defend ourselves and lock ourselves away. We're actually going to go and take ground. We're going to set other people free. We're going to welcome them in. That's exciting. That's worthwhile, don't you think? We live in a world that doesn't have any answers. Nearly finished. I went on too long last week, apparently. And you want to see f- faith that is most magnificent? Jesus on the cross. He's on the cross. There is nothing around him that looks like God cares, God exists, his father loves him, or anybody's with him. All his disciples have fled. He's got his mother there, John's there, a few. The women are usually there, the men usually run away. And so John is there, and he says, John, here's your mother. Mum, here's John, here's your son. And then these two dudes, as you would say, I suppose if I was younger, um, next to him. And the one's mocking him, and the other one goes, don't you realize this guy's done nothing? We deserve to die, and he's done nothing. And Jesus is there, and he's worrying about these guys. And then the one, the one prisoner who's, I mean, he's probably got a life that you wouldn't want to even talk about. And he has the audacity to, 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 in his gasping death, say to Jesus, you know, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus could have said, I have enough on my hands right now. Thank you very much. I don't even care about you right now. He doesn't. He just says, today you'll be with me in paradise. I bet you that guy is, is one of the brightest sparks in heaven. He said, you know how I got in? <laughs> you know how I got in? I mean, I was already being singed from the flames of hell. And this guy said yes to me, and I had nothing. He didn't have any basic Christianity. He wasn't even baptized. For those who think we have to jump through all the hoops, for God accepts us. Grace abounds. Religion always tries to qualify and he says, today you'll be with me. Why? Because you just were polite to me and you actually called out to me without any understanding. You're an opportunist and I love it. He picked the pocket of heaven. But Jesus on the cross, there was nothing that would cause him to go, there's some hope here. Into your hands that commit my life, Father. What is your faith based on? What's your shield of faith? We're going to have groups this year. I'm going to encourage people to be part of groups, all kinds of groups. I want to encourage you to take initiatives and, and, and get involved in something. I promise you the way to go nowhere is to do nothing and to stay isolated. We are enriched by one another, and you will accelerate your spiritual growth so that you actually become spiritually effective, that you're able to stand up and say, you know, but God, and that faith is strong. And then, you know, that faith is so strong, you can say to somebody, come up. You can, I'll, I'll lend you my shield. I'll walk alongside you. And I'll speak words over you that you can't believe for yourself. And with my faith, we can grow. And one day you're going to do that for me, but today I'll share my faith for you. God is good. I believe He's going to bless you. He's going to look after you. And you're going to stay here. So it's not just you on your own. It's you with us. You know how powerful that is? You know how powerful it is where you, you're able to bring somebody in and say, I'll believe with you rather than say, oh yeah, I must be terrible. I'd hate to be you. I don't know how you can manage. And you're going to have, Let's go to Starbucks and talk about our misery. Let's go go to Starbucks and talk about how how defeated we are and, and how if only you would understand how hard it is, then you would understand how hard it is. And then I can suck on your pity and shrivel up even more into even less of a person. I'm caricaturing everything to make the point. You understand. Don't take this personally. But do take it personally. Goodness me. Why not? Let's call each other up. So that's what he says. I'm nearly finished. Don't worry. I'm nearly finished. Maybe not. Hebrews. Look what he says in Hebrews. I've lost my place now. I just want, to, I want you to go out here with a step today that is encouraged, actually. But, you know, unless we get to terms with our weakness, we can't get the strength. And so he says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. This is in Hebrews 10, just before he went on to that whole thing about persecution. Not giving up, meeting together. We need one another to help us to grow and to, to go forward. And then he goes through that whole list, and this is why we need the armor. And by the way, one of the, one of the, and I'm going to tease you a little bit here, one of the, one of the uh, weapons of the enemy is as soon as someone like me talks, you get really tired. I'm actually being serious now. Sometimes there's a spiritual battle in you that goes, as soon as, as, soon as the, the word of God gets spoken, you get tired. Pay attention to it. I'm not accusing you now. I'm just saying you could have been up all night, but if you're hungry and say, God, I want something to take away that's going to empower me this week, it'll actually motivate you. I'm not blaming you. I'm a lousy speaker. I'm not doing that. I'm merely just going. There is a battle, and it happens in all these places. It's like, I don't feel like worship today. I hope they sing a song that pulls me out of my misery. No, you raise your hand and say, I'm going to declare God is God, even if John's leading. I'm going to take responsibility for this worship set. I'm going to blow the roof off this place. You will see something change. That's your armor at work. And so what does he say here? Let's just quickly... Remember those earlier days, and he talks about the things that was, they were struggling with. Listen to the great conflict full of suffering. We don't have that in our generation in the same way. What we do have maybe is sickness, disease, and addiction. I'm just going to make it contemporary. You're publicly exposed to insult. What about peer pressure? What about what people say? What about the things that happen around your life day by day? The battles are everywhere um, persecution. Maybe it's taking a stand on something. Maybe you're not persecuted because nothing stands out enough for anybody to bother. But what about reclaiming Sunday, for instance? What about saying, I can't do this because I'm going to meet with Jesus? I'm not making this legalistic. I'm talking about a passion. I'm talking about, this is more important. You don't have to. But in our culture, you're seduced away by busyness. You're seduced away by others who set the agendas because the Christians never bothered about theirs. We have to reclaim it. I'm not talking about being harsh on Sundays. I'm merely just saying, if you never gather together for worship... You will die inside. Some people say, well, I can't get away from work on Sundays. Well, I don't see why the Muslims can go to say this human rights says I can have time for worship and the Christians can't. You you, You would not be able to be fired from your job if you just said on human rights I'm going for worship. But most Christians don't care, so it doesn't matter. You've just lost a battle. Just a point. Nearly finished. Identifying with others, undergoing attack, going side by side, being empathic, looking out beyond yourself, saying, who can I help? Who can I walk alongside? Instead of just, please help me, help me, help me. If you want to be set free, pay attention to other people. It's a cool way of finding healing. Joyfully accept the confiscation of your property. What about just joyfully sharing what you have? Loving giving, loving being generous, loving offering to pay a bill, but I can't afford it. So what? You do know, want to know what faith sounds like, faith is like, faith that's rooted in Jesus faith that's confident, faith that's rooted in community, faith that says, I am actually somebody who has something to say and it's going to be outrageously powerful. That you've heard this before, but I wanted to end with this uh, very well-known um, video and because I think it captures the heart of faith. And I want you to listen to it, and I want you to go listen to what happens in you as you hear this man speak and feel faith rise up in you. And I want to also say... Um, if there's something that you're struggling with, then let those, that, that thing be at the cross of Jesus, because he's talking about the crucifixion. Let that thing be the crucifixion. And hear what happens in you, because faith is powerful.
2: It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is asleep. Judas is betrayed. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilified. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday, Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the world's winning, people are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday, the soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raise him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, healing forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Third trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands, God, and a rock is rolled into place, but it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming.
0: Let's stand. Father, we have a cross above our heads to testify to that Sunday that came, and against all hope, you, the, the faithful God, raised your son and rolled away the stone and poured out over all flesh your spirit. And we bring to you those things in our lives that feel like Friday. There will be Fridays. There will always be Fridays for all of us. But we call up in each other the, 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 the cry that Sunday is coming. And I speak death over the lies that keep us entombed in the negative, in the despairing, in the hopelessness and say nothing will ever change. I break over this house and over this community and over your life, anywhere where you have been held imprisoned by the lies of the enemy. And I call up in you, faith, to rise up, that you are a son of the living God, you're a daughter of the living God, that Jesus has won the battle for you. He has rolled away the stone. He has opened up the way for you. He is with you right now. And I speak healing over you and hope to rise in you. Purpose to fill your heart refreshment in your spirit and being that you matter and that things for you to do and the people for you to meet and their relationships for you to have that will bring life not only to you but to others you are the answer to somebody else's prayer and father we pray that you release in us faith that our faith is based in who you are thank you that our truth is that jesus you are our friend thank you jesus that you will never let us go Thank you that we are a work in progress and that you are still working out your purposes in us. We just want to be part of that. We ask you to forgive us. where We, 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 we slough off responsibility. And we just say, Lord, please do it. And Father, we want to be part of the answer. So we take hold of the armor for ourselves. Come Holy Spirit. Whatever the next step is for us, will you reveal that? I read somewhere that God, God doesn't speak through the clouds. He speaks through people. Whatever the next thing is for us, something to do, something to take hold of, something to let go of, coming in from isolation. Whatever it is, give us the courage to do that. Set us free from blaming our circumstances or blaming other people. We want to step in to be the people that you've called us to be more than conquerors. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So put your hand on the people next to you and just pray blessing over them. Just pray. Don't talk to them. Just speak blessing over them. Blessing over them. That God, Everything God the Father has for them Will be poured out. You're just like this big gutter, and you're just pouring into them the love of the Father. Just speak blessing in the name of Jesus. Blessing in the name of Jesus. Blessing in the name of Jesus. More, Father. More for each one. Faith rise up. Confidence. Identity rise up. I'm not left behind. I'm not insignificant. It's not over for me. My weakness can be my strength. Father, will you just pour it out? Where there's lack of faith and unbelief, there's too much unbelief. Just shrivel up that unbelief. And break through, Lord, into hope and faith to rise up. That you are good. And life with you is so much more filled with joy than life without you. Let us stand with Paul. That whether we are chained or whether we are free, we declare that Jesus is good and that we are alive because of him. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the love of the Father. Receive the presence of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.